We look around the globe and we find all these different languages, cultures, and people groups. And we find hardly anybody, very small percentage of the global population that believes that when we die, we simply cease to exist. Almost everybody on this planet believes there is something after this life. And I think there's a reason for that. I just believe that God has put a desire for an eternity in our heart. So the question is, what, what is afterlife? If we look into the Bible, we find the Lord teaching us about a, two people who went on to the next life and it describes exactly what took place as they left this earth. And so today I want to talk to you about options for eternity. Options for eternity. And I believe that when we come to understand what God teaches us about what comes next, it should, one, motivate us to seek the salvation that he has made possible through Christ, and two, it should motivate us to help other people seek the salvation that he's made available through Christ. So Luke chapter 16, beginning in verse 19, would you join me in standing as we read this together? Luke chapter 16, beginning in verse 19. The Bible says there was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried, and in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that in your lifetime received your good things, and Lazarus, in like manner, bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in anguish. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed, in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able, and none may cross from there to here. And he said, Then I beg you, Father, to send into my father's house. For I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. And he said to them, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. Let's pray together. Lord, help us to understand your word today. I pray that it would move us to seek you and to draw others to seek you. For it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. 
Well, there's an awful lot that Jesus has taught us as he gives us a little glimpse into what's after this life. And one of the first things that we see is that eternity will not be the same for everyone. Jesus describes two men who experience very different things in the next life. It says in the verse we just read, there was a rich man, a rich man. And then it says in verse 20, and at the gate was laid a poor man. I want you to notice something named Lazarus. Uh, some people think that this is a, a parable, but I don't believe this is a parable at all. And I'll tell you why. If you read the parables, you'll never find Jesus identifying anyone specific. It's always a, a certain man, a certain woman. Uh, a man who had two sons, uh, a priest, a Samaritan. It's always general. But in this passage, Jesus names a man named Lazarus. It's not a parable. It's a story that Jesus is telling about what happened to two men in the next life. One who was an unidentified rich man and the other whose name was Lazarus. Well, for many people, eternity will be a great reversal of their circumstances. Not for everyone. There's certainly rich people who are saved, and there'll be poor people who will be in hell. Don't think for a moment that because this man was rich is why he went to hell, or because Lazarus was poor was because he went to heaven. Remember that Abraham also was rich, extremely rich. You know, Abraham's not only in heaven, but he's obviously in some leadership position that the rich man would call out to Abraham and ask Abraham to send Lazarus. But I think one of the reasons that Jesus perhaps would tell us a story about this particular rich man is because wealth is extremely dangerous. It truly is. Wealth is very dangerous. So is success of any kind. Because if you don't guard your heart, it will make you arrogant. It's not bad. It's just an enormous responsibility. If you have a tremendous amount of wealth, it has the ability to make you extremely arrogant and think that you don't need God, think that you know more than God, and that, that God is just lucky to have you in his church. It has the ability to puff us up if we don't guard our heart and, and maintain a spirit of humility. And so Jesus talked about this in Matthew chapter 19, verse 23. And Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus said there wouldn't be any rich people. He just said it's difficult for a rich person to get into heaven. It's difficult. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Well, I think you and I all know that camels are very large and the eye of a needle is very small. And perhaps you've heard people say, well, uh, in that days there was a door and it was called the, the eye of the needle and the camel had to, to kneel down in order to get through. And so he's talking about humility. I don't know if you've ever read that before. Uh, that was made up in the Middle Ages. That's not historically accurate. When Jesus talked about the eye of a needle, he was literally talking about the hole in the end of a needle. And the obvious question is, well, then how in the world can anybody be saved if it's harder for a rich person to be saved than for a camel to get through the eye of a needle? And Jesus' resounding answer is, with God, all things is possible. 
When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible. So people can't save themselves. It's, it's absolutely impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So listen to what Peter begins to follow up. Peter said in reply, see, we have left everything and followed you. So, so Peter is saying, Lord, we're not rich people. We don't have anything anymore. We, we left everything in order to follow you. So notice, once again, we have rich and poor. Jesus is talking about it's hard for the rich to be saved. And Peter says, Lord, we're all poor because we're following you. We left everything behind. And Jesus said to him, truly, I say to you in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. He doesn't say that the 12 disciples will sit on 12 thrones. He says those who had followed him. Remember, Judas did not, and certainly Judas is not going to be one of the 12. And he said, everyone who's left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my sake will receive a hundredfold, listen to this, and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. So Jesus makes it clear in Matthew, and also telling us about the rich man and Lazarus, that for many people, eternity is going to be a great reversal. Have you ever looked in the media and you see people who are wealthy and famous and they just live unbelievably lavish lives and yet they just seem to spit in the face of God and yet God just lets that go and they continue to make more money and more money and just experience more privilege and, and no matter what they do, everything just seems to, to, to work out for them? I don't know if you've ever noticed that. There's people that fits that exact description. Maybe that's bothered you before. Don't let it bother you at all because in eternity, many of the first will be last and many of the last will be first. For a lot of people, eternity is going to be a great reversal of their circumstances. And the Bible says about this man, Lazarus, that he was escorted by angels into heaven. It says in the first part of 22, the poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. He was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. The Bible says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. There's never been a person that has put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and been forgiven that has died unnoticed to God. If you ever come to a time in your life when you're sitting by the bedside of a loved one who knows the Lord, I'm telling you when they pass, it may be a time of great pain and great mourning for you, but for them, the Bible describes that the Lord is in charge of all of that. And when Lazarus died, the angels came and escorted them in to heaven the rich man died there's no angels for him the bible says in verse 23 and in hades being in torment he lifted up his eyes 
and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. So the Bible tells us that Lazarus went to heaven and the rich man went to hell. People often ask questions like, where, where is heaven? Where is hell? Well, what's the difference between Hades and hell and hell and the lake of fire? Here's what I want you to understand. The Bible teaches that there's two ultimate fates. You're either going to spend eternity with God or you're going to spend eternity in separation from God. In the Bible, the word Hades simply refers to the, to the underworld, to, to the grave. And when we talk about hell, we're describing that place of eternal torment and separation from God. And someday after the judgment, the Bible talks about the place that God prepared, not for any of us, but for Satan and his angels, the lake of fire, that they'll be cast into that place. But regardless, it's all a state of hell. So when you die, you're sealed to either one of two fates. You say, what about purgatory? They show me the word purgatory in the Bible, and I'll explain what it means. You'll find that it's not in there. The word's not there. The concept's not there. Nobody in the Bible taught about a place called purgatory where you could go and finish earning your way on into heaven. Once you die, your fate is sealed for all eternity. That's why it's urgent that everyone make a decision about the Lord Jesus Christ. Because someday when you die, either the angels will carry you into heaven or you'll descend into hell. Matthew 25, listen to what Jesus tells us about this. He says, when the Son of Man, that's Jesus, comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations and he will separate people from one another. Now, I want you to notice this. As a shepherd separates sheep from goats, notice there are two groups. And he will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. There's only two sides. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. So eternity is not going to be the same for everyone. I want you to notice the second thing that's very clear in what Jesus teaches us here is that hell is absolutely final in verses 24 and 25 talking about the rich man he says and he called out father abraham have mercy on me and send lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue for i am in anguish in this flame but abraham said child remember that in your lifetime you received your good things and Lazarus in manner, like manner, bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in anguish. Uh, there was a young man in Atlanta. We divided into the church, and he came, and uh, he came repeatedly, and we shared the gospel with him, and uh, he, 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 he kept resisting, he kept resisting, and, and finally uh, he, he told a student minister, he said, he said, listen, he said, I just don't want to hurt your feelings. But he said, uh, 
He said, I, I, I'm just really excited about going to hell. And, and he thought maybe he...